This truth and in my darkest night you shine as bright as day your love amazes me and I sing because you are good and I dance because you are good and I shout because you are good you are good to me to me and I sing because you are good and I dance because you are good and I shout because you are good you are good to me and with a cry of praise my heart will proclaim you are good you see it you're working even when I can't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I can't feel it you're working you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. No. You're working, 
You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are. I worship you. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You you I worship you waymaker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my God that is who you are waymaker miracle worker Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Wipe away all tears, you mend the broken heart, you're the answer to it all. Jesus, you wipe away. You mend the broken heart. You're the answer to it all. Jesus, you are here, touching every life. I worship you. I worship you.
deserve the glory. Day and night, night and day, let praises
Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. I think I used to say I hated religion and I don't like a religious spirit for sure and it's generally they're trying to get you to do something that you don't want to do act silly it's easy to revert Go back to that, get into that. But I was, I was just, as we we're singing here, I was just reminded of what's going on in the world, and the uh, how that God is orchestrating. And I, I used to ask people for an answer. I was really looking for an answer. What is the fear of the Lord? <laughs> what constitutes that? And In Genesis, it talks about Abraham and Isaac and where he drew the knife back, going to sacrifice Isaac. And the Lord called out, stopped him. And he says to Abraham, Now I know that you fear God. Because you've not withheld your son, your only son. Now I know. This God talking. Now I know. So when we teach our children, or people watch you and see your actions and reactions. then the fear of the Lord is manifested or subject to interfering with other people's lives. <laughs> so I was just reminded of the, the story. All right.
the. Uh, I was worried it was me. I would be really concerned if God sounded like that. <laughs> back to the. Back to the fear of the Lord. Just thinking of the situation that Israel is in now and how that that has gone about. Uh, Hamas dug in behind women and children's skirt. They've tried to bring harm to Israel. What that tells me is there is a group of nations around them that are afraid. They're afraid that if they attack, then there there will be, they could get wiped out themselves. They're afraid that God himself, so I was just wanting to pray that, that the fear of God would come over that area. They're they're already saying, oh, you know, this munitions storage deal, that was just Tomas. We didn't have anything to do with it. Even though it's on our land, it's in our country, it wasn't us. So, I just lift up Israel to you today, Lord. And I pray for the peace of God to come into that area. That peace would rule in Jerusalem and Israel. And that the fear of the Lord would come upon that that entire area, even as it was when the children came out of Egypt. The Bible says that people knew what happened to Og and Bashan, land of the giants. They were giant nations in Israel. Took care of that. God, Israel with God going before them. And it caused there to be a fear in the land. So we just pray that the fear of the Lord, fear of God, come upon that area in Jesus' name. have um, when you look at the, the things that Jack was talking about in regards to um, the people groups that are against Israel and seem to be coming against anything western when you think of the ethnicity 
um, it's really easy to make quick judgments and we need to remember when we go out every day not to judge based on visual aspect not to judge on our first initial responses remember that you know in three different gospels multiple times it says love your enemy do good to them pray for them bless them give them more than what they've asked for that you would be a witness to them of the love of Christ and uh I am very aware that there are shysters in the world that like to prey on your emotions in order to gain advantage, and whether that's in the world press or whether that's someone standing on a street corner, they're all over the place. It's a spirit. I call it the spirit of Laban. It's a, a detailed thing that I won't go into right now, but um, yesterday, Dana and I were shopping here in town. And uh, I think it's important to remember not to, when we're local to an area and we're local to a community, it's really easy to say, oh, those people again, or, you know, um, why are they doing that? And coming into judgment without even knowing that we're doing it. We just do it really, really quickly. And so yesterday we were out and we were wandering around the, Ollie's, um, that whole mall there where the five below and the Ollie's and everything is. And um, I come walking out of Ollie's and there's this sound, this amazing, amazing violin being played. And I thought, oh, someone hired a violinist or, or a little band or something. They must be having a celebration over there. And uh, Dana thought the, thing, the same thing when we talked afterwards. I walked up to TJ Maxx, and outside of TJ Maxx was this mom with a sign. And it said, trying to wake our, make our way across America, need money for gas. And her son, who was 12 years old, with a violin, playing like the angels. And I'm not kidding. I, I recorded one little song. I did a video of one little song just so I could remember him. And uh, so I made a contribution. I went inside, and after a while, the Lord said, you need to go back out there again. And when you look at them, you would think that they were Syrian, Iranian, Iraq, something like that. Um, I grew up in a town that speaks mostly Ukrainian. When I was little, uh, the majority of the people there spoke Ukrainian as a first language, not a second language. And uh, after a while, I had gone out and I had uh, seen that they were packing up and leaving. And so I followed them and I went over to them and I said, is there anything we can do to help? I said, I want to just tell you how much of a blessing your violin playing was to me. It touched my heart. I said, if there's anything that I can do... Um, <coughs> And the boy said, my mom doesn't speak much English, very broken English. I don't understand well, but I can speak it well. And I said, oh. I said, so tell me about yourself. So he did. His name was Dimitri. They came from Ukraine. They're originally from Romania, but they escaped Ukraine when the war started. Um, it took them until now to get here. They came over on a, on a visa. Um, they flew them in, I guess the way the visas work, they fly you into the cheapest airport available, and then you have to make your way to wherever you want to go from there. So someplace down here they flew in, 
they were able to have enough assets that they bought a van, and it had some issues. Um, they fixed those issues, or they thought they did, and then they were stuck in McAllister. And the Lord said, you look at the motor. I'll tell you what it is. I said, okay. So I start looking. And uh, everything that he's telling me through the Google Translation app isn't making sense. It's not lining up. Someone was trying to scam them for money locally. They were trying to get uh, charge them for a water pump and all the charges that go with that. And probably would have been about $1,000 if they had done it that way. And I looked at the gentleman and I said, no, it's not your water pump. There's no cavitation. There's no one. I gave him all the technical stuff. And he was a mechanic, but he didn't speak English. And he's a... a not a millwright, heavy-duty mechanic? Diesel. Diesel. I think it was diesel mechanic, he said. But So I told him he understood, and uh, I sat there waiting, and the Lord says, he says, call Rusty. Okay. I said, I have a friend who's a master mechanic. Let me give him a call. I call Rusty. Rusty says, Rusty says, park it on a hill. The bubbles will all come out, because I tell him all the symptoms. He says, it'll all come out. It's the way that uh, GM makes those motors. And I went, yeah, I knew that, but I just couldn't remember. All right. So at that point, it was just somebody helping somebody out and being touched by somebody. And I went, I said to them, we're, we're talking back and forth, and his father is so grateful and so thankful. And his mom comes over and says to Dana, come, come, I want to show you. She says, six weeks we've been living in our van. And they've got mattresses stacked up in the back of the van. And uh, they're trying to make it to Chicago. He's got a friend in Chicago. And uh, I was talking to Dimitri during this time, the, the young boy. And I said, do you play often? He said, we play three to four hours every day because we don't want to be a burden to anybody. And my heart dropped. Because all the news that we've been hearing about all the people coming across, and they're all the spawn of Satan, they're all detrimental. We can't forget about the ones that aren't. All the things we've seen about this person is Syrian, and this person is this, and this person is that. You know, I would, I would say, looking at them, that they were probably Syrian or something like that. But they said they were Romanian, and they were speaking Ukrainian because I recognized a lot of the verbiage that was coming out of them, having been raised in that. And so it was humbling to see these people just doing whatever it took. They had spent their last dime. Um, Dimitri was 12 years old. He, at the age of seven... Uh, or six, had such a gift for playing violin that he went and lived with his oldest sister and their their uh, and their her husband um, in Italy and played in Italy for five years. I mean, the kid is a savant, like he's amazing, and they're here in America trying to make their way. When we were done, they were just. God bless you so much. Thank you so much. We just thank you so much. And they were just so thankful and so, and we hadn't really done anything. We just helped them out. 
We just opened our hearts and helped them out, you know, and showed them love. So what's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that could happen would be, I was totally wrong about them. They're Muslim. They're radicals. But we showed them the love of Christ with nothing to gain except to show them the love of Christ. And we have to remember that's our, that's our goal. That's our, we can't let ourselves get swept up in the news of the day, the events of the day. If we do, we lose the fear of God. Right? If we get swept up in what the world's saying and the mumblings of the media, we lose the fear of God because we put all of our reliance on man. And we can't live there. Amen. Um, And that just ties into what the message was at King's house. Um, I mean, the first part of it was they do, every year they do testimonies, like, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Um, But last last week they had two guys that um, were almost killed in a shooting in a, I don't even know. The Pulse nightclub. So it was two men that were living a homosexual lifestyle, but they were Christian, and they were trying to come back to the Lord, and the Lord used that terrible situation to really bring them back, and now they're traveling around giving their testimony to churches to help the church understand how to minister to the LBGTQ. Um, And, you know, there was some backlash that came to Mark for doing such a thing (laughs) I mean like it was their testimony of how God redeemed them but of course there was backlash because it's a touchy subject and you brought people in and it's hard to hate far away or close up Um, and so at the end Mark gave the message of we as the church have got to quit quantifying sin right sin is sin And yes, homosexuality is a sin. But so is all the rest of it. And we were all redeemed from sin. And their sin isn't worse than our sin. Right? Like, we all need the love and grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. And it's all the same. Right. And so we as the church have got to quit looking at other sins worse than ours. Because he made the point of the only people that Jesus was like, I'm done with you, are the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's like, you guys are a hopeless case because you think that you've got it all figured out. And you don't actually need God because you're good enough on your own. Right? And that's the absolute worst place to be. Not a religious bunch. Right. Right? So that is not being in the fear of the Lord. (laughs) If you think you don't need God, right, because you've got it all figured out and you're better than somebody else, then you've got to be really careful. And it's, it's so true of, like, we are called to love. And we are called to love the people that aren't perfect, that don't, you know, and if the church isn't letting the people that need the love of Jesus come in, then what is the point?
And so he he preached. He got on his soapbox and he preached. And but it was it was just that. If we are not loving, and if we are not open to whoever God brings into our lives, then we are not <coughs> in alignment with Jesus. And that's a bigger sin. Actually, grieving the Holy Spirit is the biggest. <laughs> and nobody seems to talk about that. Right? Right. And I can't tell you how many different places I've heard read Revelation. So I did last Sunday. But, like, we've got to... I mean, all those letters to the churches, it's like, oh, good grief. Like, like we can so easily, all of us, get there if we're not checking our heart and checking our spirit and making sure we're in alignment with God and the fear of the Lord and loving others. There was... Um, uh... Did you guys hear about the shooting in Houston of the police officer who got shot in the lake? So this happened two weeks ago now, I think it was. And uh, uh, they stopped a guy. I can't remember what the reason for the stop was, but he decided to shoot it out with the cops in the middle of the freeway. Uh, the Fort Worth, Dallas, I think that's called the Bush, George Bush Freeway right there. And um, big, heavy set dude, probably 350 pounds beard, mustache, driving a construction truck with one of those big dump trailers on the back, you know. Um, so like a, a one-ton, half-ton with a big dump trailer on the on the pendle hedge. And all of a sudden he stopped and he's filming with his phone. And he said, I'm filming this because my boss is never going to believe this is what's happened and he's going to blame me for being late. And I don't, oh my God. And he starts to yell. And he says, come over here, come over here. And he runs and he grabs this police officer who's been shot. And he pulls him in the middle of fire. Pulls him behind his dump trailer and keeps him there and holds onto his hand. And there's only I've only seen the full video once. The guy starts to testify to the police officer. I was in jail and they were telling me I was going to be here for 25 years if I didn't sort myself out. And so I knew I had to change. I did what I had to do to change. God's giving you an opportunity to change, sir. He's speaking to the officer. Hold on to my hand. I got you. Two men. Tears. This cop is bawling. It hurts. It hurts. He's screaming out. And this ex-con's got him by the hand. saying, hold on. I got you. God put me here today for you. Nothing's going to happen to you. It's happening more and more all over the place where people that are unexpected are doing unexpected things and the media can't ignore it anymore. They try and blind that. They try and not show it. They try and not... They don't want people to see the truth of who God is and how he's manifesting today. And he's doing it in all communities, in all walks of life. We are, we are living in a time when the majority of the church believes 
it's all okay, it really doesn't matter, I really don't have to listen, because it really doesn't matter, because I'm going to get raptured out before any of this garbage happens anyways. And they believe in this perfect scenario that one Sunday they're going to come to church on Passover, and poof, we're just all going to disappear. Our clothes will be neatly folded in a pile at our feet with our shoes on top and our Bible placed neatly on the seat in front of us. You know, because that's what the movies say, so it's got to be true. And we're going to be gone, so we don't have to worry about tribulation. We don't have to worry about trials. We're not going to die or suffer or be persecuted because we've been redeemed, and therefore we're going to get raptured out before any of this ever happens. I got news for you, and I'll say this publicly. That is a load of crap. There is no place in the Bible that promises we're not going to go through Here tribulation and persecution. Again. What's that? Here you're getting the shovel out again. I'm getting it out again, yeah. And I'm shoveling in camp this time. They, it's crap. It's garbage. Um, there is nothing in the Word of God that says we're not going to go through horrible things. But he says he's going to be there with us. And I've been through enough to know that the worse the situation gets, the stronger and more powerful God shows up. And that's my saving grace. That's all of our saving grace. The fear of the Lord. Is the fear of the Lord. Because we know how powerful he is. I remember one time looking at a man who used to be the leader of a, leader of a local um, chapter of two-wheeled riding associates that I won't name because I was never affiliated with him. I make that very clear every time I tell this story. But I... I used to bounce in a lot of bars that they owned. And this gentleman knew me because of that. And he had, on multiple occasions, tried to bring harm to people that I cared about. And on multiple occasions, the authority of God had myself and others place angels around people. And he was not able to harm them. And I remember one time he looked at me and he, my truck door was open, my window. He was right here on the other side of the window. I was sitting on the seat, and he looked at me and said, I know who you are. I know where you live. I'm coming for you. And I looked right at him, and I said, you know who I am, and you know who's on my side. And before you come to me, you should think twice. Because if he comes after you, you will not come out of this alive. And he knew exactly what I was talking about, because we had talked to him about the gospel on multiple occasions. After he got saved, he came and said, there were angels that appeared in your truck and around your truck when you said that. I said, right, fear of God. I had as much fear making that statement as he did receiving it because I did not want to impart that on anybody. I don't want anybody to suffer That is a horrendous thing to have God's presence show up. And if you defy it, what would happen to you? I don't even know. I have, I have no... So these are things that, that we're going to see more and more of. We need to start preparing ourselves as a little group because I, I really believe we're going to have people walking through these doors that are going to say, I had an angel show up this morning and tell me to come here. Why am I here? Or someone came to my house and did this wonderful thing for me. I don't know who they are, but they told me I was supposed to come here. Or I have a sick daughter 
And when I woke up this morning, I heard a voice say, go to the old Salvation Army Church. There's people there that will pray for her healing and she will be healed. Or, and we can go on and on and on and you can pick any scenario you want, but God said that we would do things more mighty than what he has done. So this is the only scripture that I had for this morning. It's in, found in Micah 7 and verse 7. And the last part of it says, My God will hear me. When I read that, it jumped off the pages. I'm the, my God will hear me. What you were just saying, my God will hear me, whatever it is. If I speak the word of the Lord, if I speak healing, if I speak peace, the grace of God being upon someone or Peace of God being upon someone there. My God will hear me. So it's very important to us to speak what God gives us. That's what we're doing this morning. My God will hear me. And I believe that. Uh, whatever we're speaking, whatever healing or fixing or helping or... I can remember I was at Justin's one morning and this mother with three little boys, like little guys, and one of them gets his fingers closed in the door. It looked bad. It hurt him. He's crying. And I'm hearing Holy Spirit say, touch his hand. Just touch his hand. And I asked the mom, I said, can I touch his hand? And I not pray, not nothing, just touch his hand. That's all Holy Spirit said do. Touch his hand. I touched his hand. And and he just stopped crying. And I said, I I think it's going to be all right. And they got out of there. I see her the next morning. I said, how's his hand? She goes, oh, it's fine. Nothing to it. It's not bruised. It's not hurt. Nothing. God God did something in his life that I had nothing really to do with except for touch his hand. Me doing what God said to do. And that's that's where we are here. We're what what are you saying? God, what, Holy Spirit, what do you say? What, just touch His hand. Just 
whatever. Because my God hears me. <laughs> my God hears me. That's, I think that's where we're at. We're at a place where God responds. To the point of the fear of the Lord being released. Amen. Amen. to pray for the Ukrainian family. Well, here, let me play this for you. It's one minute yeah, long. Yeah, I thought we should listen to that. played something I think it was Tchaikovsky because I used to listen to Tchaikovsky when I was in junior high and it sounded so much like it and it was so detailed and the nuances were so finessed it was amazing like it just no he had he just had a beatbox he had a beatbox uh, like a little mixer box and he had a little 12 by 12 amp and a battery pack and his fill his violin electric violin and that was it I mean well, Lord we pray for Dimitri and his family I thank you that you brought Sean and Dana across their path and for the help that Sean and Dana were able to give them but Lord we ask that uh, wherever they are as they travel to wherever you want them to be I ask that you surround them with your angels, that you would cause their vehicle to run just like a new one, and Lord, that you would comfort them, that you would encourage them, and that, Lord, you would make yourself known to them in very real ways, um, 
cause your people to cross their paths again and again and again as they uh, go to Chicago, make a place for them wherever you want them to be, Lord, wherever there is work for them. I ask God that you go with them and that you help them. They have been through many trials already. And Lord, uh, I ask that you help them to find a safe harbor. Lord, I remember something that you have said about this town is that it would be uh, a city of refuge. And Lord, I, I thank you that for a brief time, anyway, uh, Dimitri and his family found refuge here. And Lord, I just bless them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for bringing them to this country. I thank you for the blessing that Dimitri will be to the world. In Jesus' name.